What up, what up, what up, what up? It's your host, the one and only Maya, with a new episode for you on the Just Me and God podcast, where we talk about our walk with God. The good, the tough, the ugly, the real. Now, before we get started, I hope that you all are following us on social media platforms. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, subscribe to us on YouTube at underscore, underscore, just me and God. At underscore, underscore, just me and God. This podcast is also going to be available on Anchor. It's going to be available on Apple Podcasts, and it is available on Spotify. So make sure that you search Just Me and God. Subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do, but make sure that you are tuned in because we will be dropping new episodes every week, at least one episode every week. And if I'm feeling up to it, I might give y'all a bonus episode within a week. It just depends. You know, this recording stuff is a lot, like I said in the last episode. Um, However, before we get started, I have one thing that I would love for you all to do. Stop what you're doing and send this podcast episode to one to two people. People that you feel just need to hear it. People that you just want to share whatever you're doing, you, you know, the newest things that you're listening to with. People that you feel will be blessed and encouraged by this podcast. So make sure you share that. All right. Now let's get into um, it. Welcome to episode two. This is the episode that y'all have been waiting for. How did I get to where I am today? This is where I have come from. And so we're going to get into it. Um, This episode is titled Into the Belly of the Whale. The Belly of the Whale is basically the consecration phase. And for those who don't know, um, this is based on the story of Jonah. Jonah, and we're going to read in the Bible, of course, but Jonah basically had a mission that God sent him on. And instead of completing the mission, he decided to run away, be disobedient, and do whatever he wanted, ultimately putting himself in danger, putting the those that he left with in danger. And as a result, he basically told them, throw me overboard. It's my fault. Um, I'll, I'll take the... I'll take the consequences for my actions and God sent a whale to swallow him up and he had to spend three days in the belly of a whale in consecration, basically facing the fact that he tried to run away from God. So um, that's kind of that's kind of going to be the basis of what my my testimony today and my story today's episode is going to be on. Um, so we're going to read from Jonah. We're going to read Jonah chapter 1, 1 through 4. Then we're going to jump to verse 12. And then we're going to jump to verse 17. Just so that you kind of understand that I wasn't just saying that this is what Jonah did just to say it. It's in the Bible. <laughs> um, and of course, this is a podcast for the Lord. So we're always going to circle things back up to the Bible. So starting in verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Jonah said, Yeah, Lord, I hear you, but nah. <laughs> Nah, I'm going to do what I want, and it's not that, so we're going to do something else. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken. God said, you're not going to do what? Oh, bet. You're going to see. So at this point, the ship is like, the people on the ship, they are going through it. They're crying out to God. They're like, Lord, like, what's going on? Please, you know, have mercy on us, blah, 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 blah. And then um, we're going to jump to verse 12, where Jonah basically says, 
And he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. This is when Jonah recognized like, oh, I have, <laughs> I may got mad a little bit. Um, this is my fault. So before y'all suffer, just get rid of me and everything is going to be good for y'all. Um, so yes, the men absolutely tossed him right up overboard and down to verse 17, it says, now the Lord had prepared a great fish, a whale to swallow Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Consecration. When God wants you to consecrate, he is going to consecrate you by force. Okay. If you don't do it willingly, he's going to do it by force, especially when he knows that he has a great mission upon your life and he has a great destiny for you. And when he knows that he has something that he wants you to do and you know that there's something that you need to do and you continuously run from it, he's either A, going to let his hand off of you and say, all right, you are of the world now. Do whatever. Don't come calling to me. Or B, he's going to force you into that consecration where you really have to just dwell with him. Right. And I'm grateful to God because he gave me choice. He, he gave me the option of him forcing me into consecration because I could not imagine what my life would be like if he let his hand off of me. So I'm grateful for his mercy. But please note that this is not a story for you to take it as, oh, well, I could just disobey God and do whatever I want. Absolutely not. Okay, if God recognizes that you are intentionally ignoring him and doing whatever it is that you want, trust you will be dealt with <laughs> you will be dealt with and you don't want to feel the wrath of god you need to fear god and respect him so much so that you are willing to do whatever to make things right with him um and that that's kind of the point that i hit so let's get right into it let's get right into it now what happened um i had been an avid marijuana smoker for over 10 years of my life. It was an addiction and it was a heavy addiction. Um, I'm not really going to get too much in the nitty gritties of that because I'm going to have a separate episode for talking about addiction and how I overcame that. But um, it was an addiction that led to just more destruction in my life. Um, not in the sense that I was out here on other drugs like hard drugs and things of that sort. No. But I was somebody who couldn't do anything without smoking. I couldn't start my day without smoking. I couldn't eat without smoking. I couldn't go out without smoking. I couldn't sit alone in my house without smoking. I couldn't even sleep without smoking. So it was very much an addiction. And I also recognize that a lot of people who smoke weed, I used to be one of those people, would always say, oh, I'm not addicted. It's not possible to be addicted to marijuana. Please stop playing yourself. But again, we'll get into that in another episode because that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, so basically, you know, I'm addicted to marijuana. I ended up moving to Charlotte um, and moving to Charlotte was sort of me kind of running away from church because, you know, some things had happened that I'm not really going to get into here. But I just kind of felt like, you know, maybe I just need to just go away and start my own life and do my own thing and figure this thing called life out on my own. Um so I moved to Charlotte and the addiction just kept getting worse. I mean, I think it, there was one point where like I really didn't have a whole lot of money because I wasn't even working at this time and I was still finding a way 
to smoke. That's when I knew I really had a problem, right? But it didn't stop there because it just kept going. Um, growing up in Raleigh, I didn't really um, go out or spend a lot of time in the Nigerian scene and the um, Afrobeat scene. It wasn't really a thing for me growing up. Um, I wasn't at the parties and stuff of that sort. So when I came to Charlotte, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to get into the culture, right? I'm going to find my African club, find my African DJ, and I'm going to go to all his events. And that's, that's what I did. Um, and it was even worse because I was in a relationship when I moved to Charlotte. So when I got out of that relationship, instead of running to God, instead of running to, to, to safety, I ran in the opposite direction. I, I ran to, to alcohol. I ran to more weed. I ran to sex. I ran to parties. Like that's, that's, that was my thing. Um, I was partying every weekend and even during the week, like I, I would go out to the club by myself sometimes and it was nothing but the grace of God, but it was like, I was kind of feeling the whole, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm cute. And like, it's nice that I can go out to the club at night and, you know, guys will just buy me drinks just because like, I even had a bartender tell me one day, like, you could just sit here all night if you want, because these men are just going to keep spending money and trust they were spending the money. (laughs) I mean, free drinks all the time. Right. I mean, there were still times where I would spend money by my own bottles just because I wanted to show like, yeah, I got it. You know, I'm not just this girl who's out here with y'all letting y'all spend money on me. I could spend my own money on myself. And girl, that was so useless. I don't know why I did any of that. Nonetheless, um, we learn. <laughs> so yeah, at this point I'm partying every weekend. I'm even partying during the week because I found it during the week spot. And like, it was just always, I was always out. Um, and so I was like, mm, I think I want to stop partying a little bit. Mind you, this wasn't really centered around God. Like I wasn't even really thinking about God at this point. I'm like, let me just get out of the scene. And so <laughs> getting out of the scene had me working in the scene. I found a job as a bottle girl. Yes, I know ridiculous but with that job it came with comfortability and my nakedness like I wasn't naked but I might as well have been than the stuff that you wear as a bottle girl um promiscuity like all of that I was okay with showing my body it didn't matter to me what anybody thought like I didn't care I wasn't I didn't respect God at this point I didn't even fear God at this point. It wasn't, he wasn't even a thought when I was going through all of this. What was on the forefront of my mind was making money. Greed and making money. I mean, I was traveling a lot and it just seemed like I was having a blast. Like they would call me the enjoyment queen. That's where the title came from. Cause I was just always out. Like if I wasn't out partying, I was out having brunch and like drinking at brunch with my friends. And if not that, I was on a boat partying somewhere or I was traveling, um, taking trips. (laughs) I was doing whatever it was that I wanted to do. Um, and so lo and behold, my parents found out that I was about a girl. We'll get into that in another episode, but you know, the conversation didn't go as bad as I thought it would. And I'm so grateful because they are loving parents at the end of the day. Um, but they are also pastors, right? And so what I do does affect them. And, you know, I'm so sorry that I even put them through all of that. But, um, anywho, they had a sit down talk with me about it and they were very, you know, 
nice and warming about it. And I'm really glad that they didn't like try to condemn me or make me feel like a terrible person because of what I was doing with as my job. Um, mind you, I didn't need this job. <laughs> it was just extra money for me. Um, but yeah, they sat me down. They had a talk with me. They encouraged me to quit. And they kept praying for me. They kept praying that I would have my own encounter with God and just kind of draw closer to God and just really get to know who he was. Um, but while they were praying for me, I was still doing the job and I was doing whatever I wanted. Um, I remember thinking one time when I was at work, I was like, man, it's the same people that come in here every time. Like, y'all don't get tired of coming to the club all the time. Y'all don't get tired of spending y'all's money. And it's so funny that I became one of those people. But we'll get into that. Um, so, yeah, I also remember at one point when I was working, I just started getting so, so irritated and tired of the fact that at the, the late hours, man, like if I even wanted to go to church, I remember at one point I was like, I couldn't even go to church because I was at the club waiting for my money until like four o'clock, sometimes five in the morning. Um, like it was just the job was just starting to irritate me overall. And yet I still kept going, yet I still kept working there. And so at this point, I'm also kind of like, yeah, I know that I shouldn't be here. You know, my parents have had this talk with me and it's like a come to Jesus moment. Like, okay, girl, you are destined for way greater. Like God has so much planned for you, but I was running from it. I was running from it. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I, <clears throat> there was a day, the last day that I was in the club, I had a party and the party had two tables across from each other. And so there was one spot that I had been standing in for, you know, about the first like hour and a half of them being there. I had been in that one spot, passing out drinks the whole night, just, you know, turning, like turning them up, giving, <laughs> pouring, pouring their bottles, pouring their alcohol, passing it out to everyone in the party from that very same spot. Now, typically when I walk away from my tables, during the night, it would be like when their bottles are almost done. But for some reason, I just walked away and I walked outside. And that's how I know it was the Holy Spirit, right? Um, it goes back to that him not letting his hand off of me. Because I very well could have been just, I could have just stayed where I was at. I didn't have to go outside. I went outside to check on the managers. Chaos rang out inside the club. I remember, like, we were talking about what's going on in there. We're like, oh, probably just a part, just another fight. The party will keep going. Well, we realized that the party was not continuing, and there were more people running out. And so we went inside to, like, the employee entrance, and we were just kind of chilling there for a bit. And somebody was like, yo, there was a shooting inside. And I'm like, a shooting? What's going on? What are you talking about? Let me go see for myself. And I'm like, oh, crap, I have a table in there anyways. Let me go check on them. So I go in, and I'm like, hmm, it's awfully quiet in here. Typically when there's a fight, like, you know, like I said, the party keeps going. <laughs> the party doesn't stop because of the fight, but I'm like, okay, something must have really happened. Um, so, yes, there was a shooting. I walk in, it's quiet. I see, okay, it's only my party that is still inside. So instead of walking directly to them, I kind of walked around the tables through the middle and then I kind of went to where they were. And I realized that in the very spot that I had been standing and passing out shots, somebody had got shot. Somebody got hit by a bullet and they were laying on the ground bleeding. Um, glory to God, they're still alive. And it wasn't like a life or death injury, but that shook me. <laughs> I know the other girls were very shook that day, but like that really shook me. 
and um, I'll, I guess I'll have an episode where I kind of talk about how I felt that day because I should have kind of known that something was going to happen. Like it was a very off day. Um, but anyways, I remember looking down and just being like, oh my God, like, I cannot believe that this is happening. And I went and sat on one of the speakers and I was just like in my head, like, yo, like this is actually real. Like that really could have been me. That really could have been me. And so I was like, you know what? This is not the job for me. (laughs) That was the last day that I went in there. I didn't even go back to collect my money. I think I made like a little over a hundred in the one and a half hours I was there. And I could have made more if not for the shooting. But none of that mattered because I didn't even go back for that hundred dollars. I didn't care. Like (laughs) I said, okay, God, I hear you. I'm not going back in there. So that's how I ended up quitting that job. Um, And so... Uh, you would think that I would have taken that moment to go back to church and just like take that time to spend time in God, but no. Instead, I quit the job and started spending my weekends back in the club. I became those people who were always in the club every weekend, partying and turning up, um, spending you know money, not even so much on drinks, but just outfits, very revealing outfits. Like, I mean, I just thought that I was the baddest thing walking. <laughs> You know, and I was partying all the time. I remember I came across a TikTok that said, you don't think you're alcoholic, but you're out partying every weekend and you're drinking every weekend, drinking a lot every weekend. And I remember being like, oh, okay, not, not, not TikTok checking me. (laughs) Then I had a friend and I remember he said, you know, Maya, you don't have to drink every time you go out. I was like, okay valid (laughs) that is very valid um and so I think he had invited me to his church and I started going to his church but I was still you know very much doing my own thing very much going out um I think at this point I had also became a slave to my sexual desires like to the point where I got myself into a situation that I'm not going to discuss here right now maybe in a future episode maybe not I don't know we'll see but I remember I got myself into a situation where like I ended up actually having to go see get a therapist And, um, that was when I kind of started really trying to hold myself accountable and get my life together. So I started going to church. Um, and I was like, you know what? I think I want to stop. I want to stop going out. I want to stop drinking and doing all of that. And, you know, the thing is when the devil realizes that you are about to take that step into the direction that God wants to take you, he comes with a temptation and he just, he tries his hardest to pull you back in. And it worked with me for a little bit because the minute I decided that I didn't want to go out more, that was when it became more easily accessible for me to go out. I mean, I had more guy friends who would just, yo, we're going out tonight. Bring your homegirls. And I always had homegirls that wanted to go out. <clears throat> and so we would always go out. I mean, we were I was out every weekend drinking for free, but I was always out drinking and like, it was just, it was getting a lot, right? It was getting a whole lot. I was still partying. And it's like, this is the moment where I said I wanted to stop, but it's like, I fell deeper into it. Um, and then it got to a point where, like I said, I was still going to church. And so there was, there were moments where like, after the club, people would be like, Hey, oh, Milo, what are you doing after? Like, we're going here, we're doing this. Oh, some guys would be like, Oh, come hang out with me. This and the third. And I remember, like, for repeated weekends, my response after the club was, no, I'm going home, I'm going to sleep, I have church in the morning. 
and like it just it would come out i mean there was one guy who was like oh well i want to go to your church let me know what church you're going to like sir you don't want to go to my church you don't need to manipulate your way into trying to have sex with me but anyways that's a whole nother conversation for another day y'all men are something serious (laughs) um but anyways i remember that okay at this point i kind of wanted to start serving in church right and so I was like, all right, let me find a church to go to. I had a conversation with my dad about finding a church that I could serve in. Um, and so he led me to a church, and I realized, okay, I think I really want to stop going out because I'm ready to serve. And I don't, I didn't want to be a hypocrite, right? I didn't want to be that person serving in church but just being out partying the night before. Like, I always... I always thought it was a little eh when people would do that, right? So I didn't want to become that person. Um, and so I I was like, all right, it's time for me to take a step back. Um, and also the most important thing was that I got tired of going to church tired. I, t- I got tired of giving God the least of me. I was like, you know, God kind of deserves the best of me. He deserves me to be energetic, paying attention to his word, not tired, grudgy so I found the church that I go to now and I wanted to serve so I kind of started serving there and I started drinking less right drinking less um I can't remember if I was still going out I think I was but not as much as I you know as much as I started out um and I remember my sister invited me to a conference at her church shout out to my sister she's the um, she invited me to a concert, a conference, not a concert, a conference at her church. And it was so life changing. I think that was the first time that I ever fasted. I fasted food and I fasted social media. And that's when I really realized, wow, like God is real, you know, and he really wants me to take this time to really get to know who he is and draw closer to him. Um, So it was very refreshing. I think at this time I started getting more serious with him. I was trying to read more. And like I said, I was serving in church and my pastor kind of like wanted to give me a little bit more of a responsibility. I think I was just doing the multimedia at this time. So I was kind of in the back, like, you know, when you try to be in the back and out of the way, but (laughs) it was still serving and I was still doing it with my full heart, you know, serving God. But I was, I was in the background. Um, And so I know my pastor had wanted to kind of talk to me about, the new thing that he had for me. And also after this conference, I had decided like, um, I think it's, it's, I think it's time for me to really take a step back from this social life, from this nightlife thing. Right. And I remember I went out one last time and it was the most miserable time of my life. I mean, I remember feeling alone in a room full of people. Mind you, I'm a girl who has gone out by herself. (laughs) And I never felt alone then, but this time, like, I just remember feeling so alone and so miserable. I also didn't have a whole lot to drink. I think I had like two or three drinks that night. Mind you, I was somebody who could drink eight to 10 shots in a sitting. I could drink a whole bottle of champagne by myself. No problem. Like, but after two to three drinks, this one particular night, I was getting ready to leave. Shout out to my friend. And he was like, you know, Maya, we talked about you getting your car and driving intoxicated like you should really take some time to sit in the back and just sober up so I sat in the back of the lounge that I was at and I remember I was just I was so upset I was so upset and so miserable because I wanted to go home 
I wanted to go to my bed. I wasn't having fun. And I'm like, yo, I only had two to three drinks. Like, why do I feel like I just had like a whole bottle of tequila? Like I was, I was drunk and I was pissed. <laughs> I was so upset that I was drunk. Like it, it, it didn't make any sense to me. I mean, it was God, but, um, that's kind of how that started. Right. So I was like, you know, what? this is just, this is enough is enough. Like I've had it with this lifestyle. Um, and so I think that was like, um, I think that was a Friday night. Yep. That was a Friday night. And so I didn't go out that Saturday night. I said, yeah, like Friday was enough. I'm good on it. That Sunday, that was the Sunday. My pastor was like, yeah, there's something else I would love for you to start doing in church. And I was like, okay. Um, all right. And I think I had texted him later that, that, um, day, or was it that Monday morning? And I, I had wanted to get deliverance from sexual immorality and so in fornication and all of that. And so I needed some anointing oil or so I thought I needed anointing oil to do that. Um, so I wanted my pastor to anoint the oil that I bought. And so I went to my pastor's and his wife's place and, um, he asked me what I needed the oil for. And I told him, you know, I'm trying to be delivered from sexual immorality, fornication. I don't want to do any more of those things. Like I really just want to be, you know, pure, renewed and holy in the Lord. And, um, he basically was like, you know, you don't need to do this, this or whatever. All you really need to do is believe and accept the fact that you are delivered, like have faith and know that you are delivered and the Lord will deliver you. And so he prayed for me. He prayed for me and I was delivered. And at some point that night, he had ended up telling me his testimony of like how him and his wife met um, and how like before they got married and all of that. And like, I remember it was so encouraging. And remember I told y'all I had this terrible addiction to smoking weed. But when I left his house, when I left their house that day, I said, oh, I'm done. <laughs> I'm about to be done smoking. Like, that's it. That's it. It was like, little did they know that, like, I went to get delivered for sexual immorality and fornication, but I also got delivered from addiction. And so, like, I remember I had, like, a little bit of weed left. And I was like, you know what, let me just finish, let me finish smoking what I have just so I don't waste it. Um, and then that'll be it. That'll be do all end all. Well, that wasn't the case um, because I couldn't even finish smoking what I had left. <laughs> I, I remember between that Monday to that Wednesday, I wasn't really feeling it. The smoking thing, like I, when I tell you I just couldn't do it, like my body was just not feeling it. Like I just, a habit that I had for over 10 years, all of a sudden it was just like a struggle to smoke. And I remember smoking the last bit that I had on that Wednesday and I was like, yeah. I can't finish this. I tossed it in the toilet and I flushed it. I picked up my ashtrays. I dumped them. I took my bong. I packed it up. I threw away my papers. I threw away anything that would encourage me to smoke. And I packed it up. And that was that Wednesday was the last time that I that I smoked. And what made this time different from any other time is just the fact that I made that decision. Like, I was like, yeah, that's it. Like, this is me and God. My pastor also told me that that day that I went to their place that he wanted me to start doing, um, like, the Thursdays, like, starting the Thursday prayer meetings with opening prayer and do the praise and worship. And so it's like, you know, it's not a coincidence. <laughs> it's not a coincidence that I just felt 
encouraged and motivated to just put all of that stuff away. And so at that point I had quit smoking and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to be done drinking too, at least until I'm more disciplined to not drink every time I go out. And when I do not overdo it, um, because at this point I had every time I'd go drinking, like I would just kind of overdo it other than the last time that I was miserable. But, um, that was that. So then that next weekend I had a friend invite me out for dinner, like me and a couple other people. And so we went linked up and I remember just feeling so, I think I had one drink and that hangover was terrible. It was terrible. And actually now that I'm thinking about it, the moment of us going to dinner came the weekend before I had went out and had two to three drinks and was upset at how drunk I was. <laughs> so yeah, at this point, like I had been getting really bad hangovers from drinking and I realized like, okay, God, like I hear you. I hear you, Lord. I can't continue like this. And you know, that, that was basically the do all end all for me. Right. I really realized like, you know what, I really have to stop. And so I made the decision that it was time to buckle down and take God seriously. And that's exactly what I did. Um, that was when I decided to throw myself overboard from my life of destruction, from constantly feeling sad, disappointed, despair. I mean, y'all, like I was, I was seeking joy, peace, love, happiness in the world. And it was just disappointment after disappointment, disappointment. Like the dating experiences were just so disappointing. It was so heart wrenching. Like I think I remember one one time I cried to God, like, on my knees, I'm like, Lord, like, this just cannot be what you have for me. Like, please help me. And it's like, every time I would, when I started doing that, he would really help me, you know, help me realize something and help me get out of, you know, this situation, help me get out of that situation. So at this point, I'm like, okay, I like, I got to take God seriously. Um, and so I, you know, I, I decided it was time to consecrate myself. It was time to throw myself into the belly of the whale. I posted a message on my Instagram. I was like, you know what? I am no longer a smoker. I don't drink anymore until I'm disciplined enough to control myself with the drinking. Um, I don't participate in any sexual activities with anybody anymore. And I was like, and I'm done clubbing. So this is just my time for me to basically, you know, develop a relationship with God. I'm going to focus on my relationship with God. And if you read all of this and you still decide to invite me out to the club or to parties, I'm just going to take it as disrespect. And I posted it on my Instagram and I logged off. I logged off Instagram. I logged out of Twitter. I logged out of TikTok. I kept my Facebook because at this point, I think I had my parents on there and some family members. And I knew that that was the only app that I could hold myself accountable on. And so that that was how I got off of social media. That's how I basically got out of out of the turmoil of the life that I had basically like the turmoil that I put myself in because I was running away from what I knew that God was trying to bring me into. This is how I got out of it. I was just like, you know, let me purge myself of the filth of social media. You know, the Bible says to guard your heart, guard your eyes. And it's like people take some of that stuff so literal, but it's like, watch what you allow in. Like, watch what you allow in and let God do what he needs to do. Right. Um, and so I basically was like, you know what? There's a lot of filth on social media. 
it's time to pack it up. And so I, I, I got off of there and I was, I got out of the nightlife and it just so happened perfectly that a couple months before this, I had, um, I had to get a new phone. And when I got my new phone, I lost like basically all my contacts, any contacts that weren't saved from 2017, any contacts that I saved from 2017 to 2022 were gone. I moved to Charlotte 2018. So all those numbers (laughs) gone. And so it, it was a blessing in disguise. It was a blessing in disguise because if not for that, I don't know, I don't know where I would be right now, but I do strongly believe that, you know, I had to hit a point where I recognized that, all right, God has kept his hand on me. God keeps urging at my heart. He wants more from me. He wants me to do more for him. And I have to just do it. I can't keep running away from it. And so, you know, that was just one of many things that I did. I think at one point I cut back on the music that I was listening to. And like, I'll get into that in another episode. But I just started taking all the necessary actions to really get myself into this consecration period where it was just me and God. Like, and at this point, it really was just me and God. I had to face God and I had to be real with myself and I had to be real with God. And that is basically going to be me wrapping it up for part one of my testimony. Um, I hope that this encourages you to take God seriously. If you know that you have that gut-wrenching feeling that's telling you, all right, like, go to God, take God, it's time to start taking God seriously. I strongly encourage you to take that. Take, take that serious. Like, take God seriously. Don't run away from it because you're just running into despair. You're just running into disappointment. You're, you're running into sadness. You're running into hopelessness. And that's basically what happened to me. Like, it just got to the point where I was just... Oh my goodness. I think I remember one time I was on a call with my therapist and um, something, I think she had said, oh, I had lost, I had lost a friend, a, a close friend. And, you know, ooh, that was rough. And I remember my therapist said, you know, you've been through a lot this year. And I kid you not, I just started crying. Yep. I boo-hoo cried. <laughs> I cried and she just, oh, God bless her. And I'm I'm so grateful for that because that, I think that was really the moment, the day that I realized, yeah, like it's time for me to run to God. Like that was the day I think I fell on my knees and I was like, Lord, I need you. This just can't be what you have for me. This just can't be what you have for me. I mean, it was constant sadness, constant disappointment, constant despair. Like It was just hit after hit after hit. And it's like, can I catch a break, please? Like, I just need to catch a break. And it it, it wasn't until God really was like, all right, girl, let's get you consecrated. (laughs) That I realized, yeah, it's time for me to run to God. I'm not going to keep running to the world. I'm not going to keep running to man. So take this as the opportunity to really figure out where you are headed in life, right? Like, don't use this as a, as a moment where you can say, well, she was able to do whatever she wanted and God saved her. My grace is not your grace, okay? My testimony is not your testimony. If you know what you need to be doing, I strongly suggest that you do it because y'all don't even know half of the things that I dealt with. You don't even know half of the things that I felt. <laughs> I mean... Honestly, I have endured a lot, and I thank God for his strength. 
I thank God for his strength to keep me going. Okay, I, <laughs> I thank God for his grace. I'm grateful that he never let his hand off of me because had he let his hand off of my life, I probably would not be sitting here talking to y'all. So, you know, I just really wanted to use this as an opportunity to really encourage you. Like, don't be disobedient to God. It, it doesn't bring any good. I mean, at the end of the day, do recognize that your testimony is your testimony, right? And so the best thing that you can hope for, if you choose to do whatever you want to do, you better be hoping and praying that God doesn't let his hand off of you, right? Pray that he redirects you back to the path that he had for you because I diverted off my path so many times. And God just kept bringing me back. And it's all a part of my story. Like, this is not the first time I have tried to get serious with God. But this is the first time that it has stuck. Okay? Most times it doesn't get further than three three to four weeks. But this time we're going on November, December, January. We're in February now. And we're about to head into March. And... I, I'm constantly wanting to get closer to God. I'm constantly wanting to be more intimate with him. So it's it's a constant journey. It's a constant fight, right? And trust me, the temptation comes. The enemy really tries. When he knows that you are headed for the, for the greatness that God has destined you for, he really tries to attack you. He really tries to bring you back. And we'll talk more about that later because that's what this podcast is for, is for me to talk to y'all about how I overcame that, how I'm constantly having to overcome that. It is a constant fight. Like some, like I remember when I first started this journey, yo, I was ready to go to war with the enemy. <laughs> I said, you know what? I have had it. I have had it with you. If you want to go to war, let's go. God is on my side. And truth, truth be told, I'm still, I'm still ready. <laughs> I'm very much gutter for God. Like it is, it is what it is. I mean, it's to the point where I don't have conversations without talking about God. And, you know, the people who are still in my life know what I mean. Like, I'm always talking about there's always something that I have to come back to bringing God into it. Like, I mean, when I'm on Facebook, I am constantly posting about God. And it's not just because my parents are up there. No, it's because I spent so many years of my life influencing people to do the wrong things that I feel obligated to influence people towards the kingdom of God. And also, I really want to encourage people to get closer to God because everything that you are seeking in the world, seek God first and he will add everything else into your life. I have never been happy. I have never been so joyful. I have never been so peaceful. I mean, my life has been amazing since I decided to throw myself over the, over the ship and into the belly of the whale. And so... That basically wraps it up for today's episode. I hope that this episode encouraged you. Again, if you did not share this with one to two people before it started, make sure that you share it with one to two people now. <laughs> um, stay tuned because part two is probably not going to be posted as the next episode, but it's going to come in a couple more episodes, right? Because I got I to gotta keep y'all hooked. I need y'all to understand, right? We're going to talk about some of the things that helped me in that consecration period. So, um. I hope that y'all were blessed. I hope that this encouraged you. And again, make sure that you have subscribed. You have followed us on the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube at underscore, underscore, just me and God. Make sure that you are following us and you are subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. That is just me and God. Search just me and God. 
and you will find it. You will find the logo. Hit that follow. Hit that subscribe. Stay tuned because I'm telling y'all, I've I've got a lot. I've got a lot that I have learned, and I just can't wait to share it with you guys. And so, um, yeah, I love y'all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. And you know, I hope y'all have a wonderful week. This is this is the start to a great week, and we're gonna be amazing. We're gonna be nothing but the best. And may God bless you all. Love y'all. Peace.